Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Boobies and Newbies, brought to you by the Frolic Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title from Minerva Spencer, Outrageous. Calling all my fellow Bridgerton binge watchers, have you been longing for a historical romance to satisfy that Regency craving? Then may I present Minerva Spencer's Rebels of the Ton, a series that celebrates women who break the mold to follow their dreams and personal desires. This series is all about a younger generation that has no qualms about breaking the strict rules of Regency-era London. How badass is that? If you're a fan of modern-feeling female characters in a historical setting, turning expected tropes upside down, and of course, swoon-worthy heroes, then I have zero doubt that you will enjoy Minerva Spencer's work. In Outrageous, the second installment in the Rebels of the Ton series, the heroine kidnaps the hero and threatens to have her way with him instead of the other way around as they race to the Scottish border. Do you know how long I've been waiting for this story? I, for one, would love to see a lot more handsome hostages in historical romance. Whoa, say that three times. You can find Outrageous by Minerva Spencer wherever books are sold. Find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. That's K-E-N-S-I-N-G-T-O-N books.com. And now, back to the show. podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box and brave the unbridled world of erotica. I'm your host, Kelly Reynolds, and it is time for a bonus steamy spotlight interview. I hope everybody has been enjoying our month of spies in disguise thus far. I know I have. But for today, let's step away from the mystery and intrigue and back into summer. S'mores by the fire, camping with friends, enjoying the salty beach air, or if you aren't located near the beach like I am, a salty beach air candle will do ya. You can pick one up at your local home goods. My guest today is Canadian romance author Julia Jarrett. Julia's latest release, Always and Forever, is the first book in her Dogwood Cove series, a small town romance series set on the western coast of Canada that gives me major Stars Hollow vibes for all of my Gilmore Girls fans. 
here to talk about romance, summer, and of course, her brand new release, it's Julia Jarrett. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. Thank you so much for writing this beautiful story (laughs) and giving me all the beach vibes that I've been missing. That is exactly (laughs) what I wanted. (laughs) And I definitely had to intro it with Stars Hollow because there's mention of Stars Hollow in the book, which Mm -hmm. of course I appreciated. Um, Of course. But again, my other go-to small town coastal you know, setting that I always think of is Cabot Cove from Murder, She Wrote. (laughs) Do you, I'm curious, do you have a favorite like fictional small town, either from a a book or a movie or a TV show? Well, you know, I, you hit the nail, you hit the nail on the head. Is that the right saying? Wow. Yeah. Right. I think I I say that that one wrong all the time too. I'll be like, you hit the the head on the nail. But no, Stars Hollow, hands down. That's yes. what I wanted to do is I wanted to emulate that feel with the gazebo and the town square and just that whole quirky, everybody knows everybody's business kind of vibe. Yes. And certainly as we get into some of the later books, that becomes more and more apparent that everybody's up in your business. Um, but it just, I love Stars Hollow. I loved Gilmore Girls. I rewatched that show countless times. Mm-hmm. So it was just it had to happen. I let let me give you my few um Gilmore Girls anecdotes that I have to <laughs> okay. share. Um because when I can share them, I will. So Absolutely. First thing, um I, you know, grew up in California and we would drive up to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in mm-hmm. Ashland, Oregon. It's fantastic theater festival in general. And mm-hmm. they were putting on a production of King Lear one year and starring as King Lear was none other than Taylor Dozy. <gasps> oh my God. I know. Oh. <laughs> oh. I can't, I can't, I can't picture that though. Like that just, yeah. that's, I mean, he just, he looked a little older. He had a little Mm -hmm. bit more beard, um, Mm -hmm. but I just was like, it was so hard to watch and like not think about him trying to like call attention back to the town hall meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Or yelling at people in his grocery store. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, you know, obviously this will make zero sense to anybody who hasn't watched Gilmore Girls, but. Well, they need to rectify that. Exactly. So, okay. That's number one. Number two. I did meet Melissa McCarthy a few years ago. I went to an event. Her husband, who, by the way, is also adorable. Like, they are celebrity couple goals at its finest. I love her. And he had written a book. And so um, there was an event where he was doing, like, a reading and Mm -hmm. answering questions. And she was the moderator. So it's, like, the two of them sitting on stage, husband and wife, her asking him questions and like them just like shooting the shit about their lives. So fun. (laughs) Yeah. So so sweet. And so I got them to uh, sign the book afterwards. And I told her, I was like, Hey, I just, I want you to know, like my mom and I grew up watching Gilmore girls. We've always thought of ourselves as like Gilmore girls. And yeah, it's so great. And she was like, Oh, thank you. You know, cute as a button, like as you would picture her to be. So absolutely. I have a there lot of go. Suki in me in terms of like the awkward, clumsy, getting into all yes. kinds of trouble. Like that is me. <laughs> she's and she's the best. Like she's a, yeah. st- I, I can't believe that there are so many people in the world who know Melissa McCarthy from like 
the hilarious movies like Bridesmaids and Spy, right. which I love. I love them, but mm-hmm. that they don't know about Suki from Gilmore Girls. And to be it's fair, sad. we have to make sure people know it's Suki and not Suki because yes. Suki is a whole okay. other <laughs> a whole Truth other word. show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to apologize now to listeners who hear my dogs bark in the background because they don't know how to shut up. Oh, but that's okay. Precious babies. <laughs> it's real life, right? Yeah. My puppy is currently laying next to me grumbling because somebody probably walked past the house. So. Oh, what but she does. How many, how many dogs do you have? We have two. I have a four and a half year old rescue from Guatemala. And then our new one, our new baby is eight months old and she's a Taiwanese mountain dog. Oh my goodness. So we goodness. just got her like a month ago. So she's oh. still, still settling in. How exciting. And what are their yeah. names? So the one from Guatemala is McKenna, named after the beach in Maui. And then our Taiwanese one came with her name. So her name is Zoe. Oh, I, okay. I have to say, I always giggle when I hear animals having like human names. Like, I mean, cause I just always think about like, you know, dogs and cats being named like, um, I I, like after foods or after like characters, Mm -hmm. but I, when you meet like somebody and they're like, hi, this is my dog, Kevin. I'm just like, <laughs> what? what? You need to go on Instagram. We're totally getting off topic here, but you need to go on Instagram and look up useless farm. It's this woman <laughs> okay. in Ontario and she, she runs like an animal sanctuary and she has totally random animals like llamas and love it emus and chickens. And she names them all like old man names. Yes. <laughs> And you know what? Oh, I God, think that's so okay. Like like Bernard and yes. oh, um yeah. I don't know why Bernard is the only one coming to mind, but <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely Walter. check it out. Like you need a Walter. Walter, yeah. Um, and you know what? I've met multiple dogs named Walter. So there you go. Yeah. We have a friend named Walter, but um I don't know if I know Human or dog. Human. Okay. <laughs> Human friend. <laughs> We have those two, you know, besides the animals. But um, right. anyway, Julia, tell me, please, a little bit about your romance origin story, both as a reader and a writer. Oh, okay. As a reader, gosh, I don't even know how far back it would go. But I mean, I remember picking up um, old historical romances that my mom had Mm. and reading them. You know, I went through the Outlander phase and then I kind of moved into the paranormal with Kelly Armstrong and Sherry Lynn Kenyon and all those kinds of things. Um, But it wasn't, it was probably pretty recent that I actually started getting into romance romance. And it was when I got an e-reader. So that suddenly I had, you know, the world at my fingertips kind of thing and could just binge read because I'm a really fast reader. So it's always hard to keep up. Um, I read everything, though. I mean, the only things that I really don't do is young adults and and sort of the more dark romance, just because mm. I like it to be happy. And I, I mean, in terms of writing, it's this is my joke that I always tell people is it started on a dare from my husband. We were camping. Really? Seriously, we were camping like three years ago, I think. And I was talking, we were having a conversation after the kids were in bed going, man, what am I going to do? Because I left my job as a social worker to stay home with the kids, but both kids were going to be in school. And I was like, well, what the heck am I going to do with my time? And he was teasing and he's like, you know, you read so many of those goddamn romance books. Why don't you just write one? <laughs> and I was like, ha, 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 funny, funny. Every and... time I've heard a phrase like that. 
<laughs> well, but the joke's on him because now it's like, no, I have like six books out and yep. four more coming. So thanks, honey. You know. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> no, he loves it. He loves it actually. He thinks it's really cool. So he likes to take credit for it. Oh, I'm sure he does. That that sounds like a husbandly thing to do for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I let him. I let him. I love it. Well, that's, I, that's great. And you know, what's so funny is I feel like the more people I talk to about, you know, how romance came into their lives, it seems like everybody either started with, you know, I mean, contemporary or historical that it's like Mm -hmm. you started with one and that became like the main focus for a good amount of time before, people discovered the other. So for you, it was yeah. historical, it sounds like. And then I, I think so. I mean, honestly, like I said, it's been so long. I just remember yeah. I would read these stories and I loved the love story. Like that was the part of mm. anything that I read that I resonated with the most was the love story. So it didn't really matter what it was. As long as there was a love story, I enjoyed it. And then it just sort of, yeah, spiraled into reading romance. Yeah. And then eventually writing it yourself. And then eventually writing it. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Well, and so what um what what have you been reading lately? I mean, do you find that you gravitate more towards reading uh books similar to what you write, or are you one of those authors who has to like steer clear of something similar to what you write for fear of, mm-hmm. you know, accidentally writing something into your book that's like resembling something <laughs> yeah, else. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, honestly, everything has been done before. So it is all about just putting a fresh spin on stuff. Um, but I read just about anything contemporary. I love rom-coms. I am not mm. funny enough to write one, so I never <laughs> will. But I love rom-coms. I love the super steamy, super sexy, you know, alpha males. Right now, I'm mm. binge reading Shell Bliss's Heatwave series. Ooh. So the second generation of Gallows. Yes. And just loving it. Yeah. So, but I don't necessarily avoid the small town, like what I write. I mean, Megan Quinn, Claire Kingsley, you know, they're some of my favorite authors. I love their small town books. Mm, Yeah. You just Um, named two of my favorites as well. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. yes. The Port Snow series from Megan Quinn. God, I love it. Mm. I love it so much. Those boys. Oh, well, and, and Claire Kingsley and Lucy Score have that great yes. um, series whiskey. about the brothers. Yes. Yes. The whiskey, was it whiskey spring? No, bootleg springs. Bootleg, bootleg springs. springs. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 So, um, and I mean, one of the early romance writers that I started reading is another Canadian and she's actually the one that convinced me to start setting my books in Canada and that's Zoe York. Oh, um, I love Zoe yeah. books. So I started with her, I didn't even realize she was Canadian because I actually started with one of her military series. I think it was like the Seals in Paradise or something like that. Mm. And then just kind of started going down the rabbit hole of all of her books. And when I started writing, um, she and I connected a couple of times. She's just an absolutely amazing woman. And, you know, gave me a lot of help when I was just starting out in terms of how to write blurbs and how to market and what kind of choices to make. So when I was looking at my new series, we were talking about where you set books and it was mm. largely her influence that convinced me to start writing books set where I live. Um, oh yeah. Cause my early stuff is all set in the States. And so it, it wasn't true to me. So, right. Not as is. authentic. No, I totally no. get that. And, and Zoe, yeah, her books are, and Zoe also writes under Ainsley Booth, right? She does. Okay. Yes. Oh my, those are some. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was going to say, because I want to say. Those are some dirty, dirty books. <laughs> yes, they are. And mm, I, how I uh-huh. love them. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think I've read, um, I'm trying to remember, you know, it's been four seasons of the podcast at this point. And yes. I want to say we did do an Ainsley booth for the podcast, but mm-hmm. I'm blanking. And so I'm definitely going to go back and see if I can find it. But oh, yeah. that being said, we've just, we've definitely given some excellent recommendations in the last few minutes She's, for yes. people She's got to- check out both on the hotter side and um you know sweet small town romance um there's no reason a small town romance also can't be you know piping hot as we both know (laughs) yeah i one of one of the the bookstagrammers that i'm friends with she described me perfectly she's like you're a hallmark movie but with sex that is the (laughs) ultimate like and I'm like, yes, I, I mean, that. That, yeah, that is a high compliment. That is high uh-huh. praise. You should be I very okay proud of. <laughs> I love it. Well, okay. Let's talk about your new book. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, the book is always in forever. It is the first in a new series and you know, yes. I'm going to want to know what's coming up next, but we are not going to get ahead of ourselves yet. (laughs) So um, first things first, Julia, would you mind giving everybody a brief synopsis for the book? Oh my goodness. I will do my best. Of course, I know it's right in front of me. The worst question, (laughs) isn't it? Like everybody hates it. (laughs) Well, it's hard to like think of it on the fly and I don't want to just read the back cover blurb because anybody can do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So Always and Forever centers around Summer, who is our female main character who grew up in Dogwood Cove, but then moved away when her parents had a fairly ugly separation. Mm. So she's been traveling the country, never really feeling settled, never really felt like she was at home, that kind of thing, wandering spirit. And um, some sad news brings her back to Dogwood Cove, where she reconnects with some of her childhood friends, including Ethan, who happens to be the older brother of her best friend. Um, She's got some renovations to do on a beachfront resort, and Ethan looks pretty damn good in tool belt, so he (laughs) helps her out. And flannel. Don't forget the uh-huh. flannel. Oh, flannel. <laughs> All the lumberjack vibes with Ethan. <laughs> um, and, you know, as as happens in these romance novels, the sparks, they do fly. Mm. Um, and slowly their friendship turns into something a whole lot more. And she realizes that she has found home. And home is Dogwood Cove and home is with Ethan. That was a great synopsis. Well, I don't know you. why you were doubting yourself at the beginning like that was so <laughs> concise and so spot on so well I'm done not you to too much away you know we want people to buy the book <laughs> yes and I will say um and this isn't to give away too many spoilers um but you know something that does happen mm-hmm. in the first chapter I I do just want to issue like a small content mm-hmm. warning Go that ahead. um you know th- this book does deal with the aftermath of the death of a parent we yes. have um, some some separation anxiety mm-hmm. uh, for our main character, but um, as aside from that, it's it's fairly low on the angst. It's yeah. fairly yeah. high on the heat. So <laughs> um, just know that going into the book, um, you know, for everybody looking for a steamy yeah. summer read, <laughs> absolutely. Yay! So first thing I want to talk about is Dogwood Cove itself, mm-hmm. because we mentioned at the start, you know, some of our favorite 
fictional towns. Um, and mm-hmm. this one, I think I'm going to have to put a list together. Like I'm picturing a listicle that needs to be made. That is like favorite small towns in romance, because <laughs> you better believe Dogwood Cove oh, is like yay. nearing the tippy top of this yes. list for me. Yay. So <laughs> I know, you know, I'm wondering, um, and you mentioned with your connection to Zoe, her recommending that you write books Mm -hmm. set in Canada because you know Canada. And so I'm wondering how much is Dogwood Cove inspired by an actual place? Oh, I would say mostly. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I write, I love to draw inspiration for settings and for events and things from real life as much as I can. So the the problem is I wanted to do small town. And if anybody has any knowledge of the West Coast of Canada, (laughs) there's not a lot of coastal small towns. All of our small towns are more inland. So trying to think of, you know, what can I use as inspiration that mm. isn't going to be so far from the truth that anybody reading it who knows anything is going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Which is why I had to set it on Vancouver Island. And mm. Vancouver Island has tons of these adorable small towns dotted on either side of the coast. And they're just beautiful places to go with perfect mixtures of, of all the city amenities that you need. And then all of these cute little hamlets and small towns with just the right kind of vibes. So when I was imagining Dogwood Cove, I kind of pulled some of my favorite pieces of several cities and towns on the island Mm. and just plumped them all together. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So it's it's very much inspired by real places. I've just taken some creative liberties. And um, the resort that Summer renovates is also based off of a real place down in Washington, um, Orcas Island. And there's a beachfront resort there called, I want to say it's called the West Beach Resort. And I went there a few years ago with my best friends and some other friends of ours. And we rented this big giant cabin Mm. um, and we just stayed there for a couple of days. But I remember the resort had all of these small cabins right down on the beach and they just looked so cute and so perfect. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to go there and stay in one of those little cabins walk out the front door, there's the beach. Yes. Yeah. So in my mind's eye, every time I was writing about the resort in Always and Forever, I had West Beach in my mind. Mm, yeah. No, I, I'm a sucker for that show, Beachfront Bargain Hunt on yes. HGTV. Mm-hmm. And yep. the amount of places I've seen that are like right on the beach. Yes. I just am yes. like, oh, yes. God, I can't imagine like wake. No, I can't imagine because I do imagine waking <laughs> yes, up. Imagine and like that is your view is just stepping yeah. outside for like your morning yeah. cup of coffee. Well, so not to make you even more jealous, but, <laughs> but I'm going to. <laughs> um, we have a cabin up in the interior of British Columbia, and it's an acre of lakefront property. And oh. um, I was just up there while we're up there all the time. But that's exactly what I do is the kids get to, you know, play some video games for an hour in the morning because they wake up stupid early. <laughs> and that lets my husband and I take our coffee and our tea mm. out onto the sort of patio that overlooks the lake and we just sit there in silence listening to the birds staring at the water and it's just it's heaven it's yeah (laughs) yes no I'm sure well especially you know as a parent and you have Mm -hmm. dogs like I mean just those Mm -hmm. moments of silence I'm sure are far and few between (laughs) 
They are. Yes. <laughs> and Very so we cute. should spend them looking out at beautiful lake. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, okay. And then um, how about the name Dogwood Cove? I mean, is it inspired oh just by the fact that you're a dog lover? <laughs> <laughs> no. Honestly, the name went through, I would say, six different iterations before oh, really? we finally settled on Dogwood Cove. Oh, my God. It changed so many times. Um, because everything that I thought of, I would then go and Google and there would already be something like I, oh. there, was, there was one version. I want to say it was, it was going to be Cedar Cove. Mm-hmm. And then somebody was like, no, 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 no. That's like a big, um, I think it's like Shelly McComber series or something like that. That was turned mm-hmm. into a TV show. You can't do that. And, um, so I literally had a list of, um, different, you know, native plants and woods kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a list of different watery things so bay cove harbor port yeah it was just kind of mixing and matching to try to see which one sounded the best these are um, all i mean now that you're mentioning it i'm like mm-hmm. okay i can see i can see the name generator for this one oh, like it's totally it's, it's pick your plant that's going to be like the first yeah. the first word and then it's going to be <laughs> Harbor, port, um, you I'm know, telling bay. You, somebody like... can make a killing. You can make a killing for romance authors if you developed a program for title generators. This is, this is There's your next business opportunity. Yeah, something to think about. I'm gonna I'm Absolutely. gonna put that one in the back pocket mm-hmm. and think about mm-hmm. that. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I will say, you know, between the nutty muffin, which you know, I am all for. A, a bakery pun name and then the same with the bookstore yeah there's, there's the old beach resort that they're renovating yeah. there's yeah. the soon to open winery um oh, yes I'm excited know, about that book oh and I knew it I was like oh this is a, he's gonna have a book and I'm here he's for it <laughs> so I have to give credit the nutty muffin is thanks to my very good friend Claire Hastings um, oh I love she, Claire yeah she's, fabulous. So she's in our, our, our little salty bitches chat group and and when I was like, hey, guys, I need to name a bakery, she came up with that one on the spot. And it was just perfect. That's a good so she one. She gets full credit for that one. Yeah. Good job, Claire. Mm-hmm. Good job, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, all the things that are they've got going on in this town, it's definitely a town that I would want to visit. I mean, are Absolutely. you, it sounds like if it was me and I was writing a small town romance, I would be building like my dream town, you know, like all the places I need. I need to have Mm -hmm. the local Mm -hmm. independent bookstore. I need to have the cute coffee shop um, slash Mm -hmm. bakery where she's always Mm -hmm. giving away free muffins, by the way. Nobody is ever paying for their muffins in this bakery. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's true. So my question for you, what's missing from this town? Like what business opportunity do we need to brainstorm next? What do we need to brainstorm next? Oh, you know, the problem is I I know what the future books are all going to be. Everything's coming. There's a dance studio coming. There's a winery coming. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the bookstore. Uh, One suggestion for you. Take it or leave it. it. Axe throwing. Ooh. <laughs> Hold on. Where's my notebook? Where's my notebook? Oh my gosh. Yes. That and definitely I, needs to go in as a date I night. I will say, like, this was one where the first time I went axe throwing happened to be in Canada. So I just always <laughs> so thought of so it right. as a Canadian thing. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, that 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 sounds accurate. Okay, I have made a note that that needs to happen as a date for some future couples. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I mean, in terms of like what's missing, the only thing that I struggled with, and this is why I created sort of a neighboring town that had a bit more, yes, was I wanted to keep everything small and cutesy within Dogwood Mm. Cove. But I also know, again, from my own life, that if you don't have the bigger grocery stores and the the bigger hotels and stuff, a town doesn't survive. Mm. Um, and that's kind of an unfortunate reality that is happening up here in Canada is some of our small towns, they're not thriving because they don't have, you know, enough infrastructure and enough industry to sustain the population. Mm. So that's that's sort of my socio-political hat going on where I created it, you know, close enough to those bigger cities right. that, that you can still get what you need close yeah. by. Yeah. No, and that's a good point. I mean, it's a very small thing, but I know that there's mm-hmm. like uh, at a, a point in the book where you mentioned the fact that, well, this is, van- this is an island, sure, but like we still have a Tim Hortons. Like you're not yeah. – you're not hiking yep. into the unknown here. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> so, that again, that again is drawn from a real life situation. My, <laughs> Thanks to my husband. My realism brain especially appreciates that. Like I, oh, yeah. like, I like stuff like that. I, well, I, I like the small town, but I like knowing that also. Yeah, but like. How small is it? Well, there's still a Starbucks yeah. like a mile exactly. away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I find that when I'm reading, if something just seems so ridiculously out there, it, it takes me it takes me out of it. But I do think it also depends on your knowledge of the area. And so, I mean, for the average American reading this book, you have no clue what the West Coast of Canada is really like or Vancouver mm-hmm. Island is really like. So it's easy to suspend reality and just believe everything I say. But I do have a reasonable amount of Canadian fans who might read the book and go, Julia, what the freaking hell are you talking about? (laughs) So (laughs) I had to temper it with a little bit of reality. That's a good point. I like that. And then, um, yeah, because like you said, I mean, you're a Canadian author. I'm sure you have a good Mm -hmm. amount of Canadian fans. So Mm -hmm. I think they'll, they'll, because anytime I read a book that's like set in Los Angeles or Chicago or San Francisco, like a city that I know well and have like lived near and they're talking about how it takes them 10 minutes to drive to lunch in Beverly Hills. I'm like, Ooh, you better believe this author has never visited Los Angeles. (laughs) So you know what, that exact thing came up when I wrote my first series, which I said in Portland and that was totally random. Like I I will admit I've never been to Portland. It's kind of a stupid choice, but (laughs) I, but I really wanted like that reality, that realism was important to me. So Mm -hmm. when I was writing certain scenes, I was Googling how long does it take to drive from here to here, (laughs) you know, to make sure that it, stayed true to real life where it needed to. Well, as somebody who's moving to Portland later this month, um, you are (gasps) more than welcome to come visit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm coming. Yes. Well, me to all the good food places, please. Oh, we will. That's basically how I live my life is going food place to food place. (laughs) (laughs) So back to the book. Um, Yes, right. That. (laughs) I will say one of the other things that I really like, and it's it's not a major part of the book, is the fact that our group of leading ladies, who I'm sure are each going to get their own mm-hmm. story in due time, they have a romance novel book club. Yeah, and they do. I like that you have all these like subtle comments about like the romance genre in general, like within 
their discussions. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. I think it's important for, you know, obviously this is a romance novel podcast. Like, I mean, the whole reason I started the podcast is to dispel certain notions that people Mm -hmm. might have about the genre. And I'm, I'm seeing this more and more that we're not only having these conversations in public forums like Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, but we're also putting these discussions in the books for the characters to have too. Mm -hmm. So I I really appreciate that you made that choice. It's, I think it is important. I mean, gone are the days or hopefully gone are the days (laughs) where we have to be embarrassed to say that I'm reading romance. You know, when, when people ask what I'm doing, I tell them I write sexy books and, you know, I still get looks of surprise from people, but by and large, people are starting to be like, Oh, that's really cool. That's awesome. That's great. So I think, you know, the tides are changing because mm-hmm. of the conversations we're having and putting those conversations into my books is just, yeah, it's my way of adding one more layer into, you know, the fabric of everything. Yeah. And it's a great way to, for everybody out there who's always saying, oh, you know, romance novels give readers unrealistic expectations about <sighs> life, love, relationships. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just another way to, you know, dispel that notion specifically because Mm -hmm. we're constantly seeing the more that people are having, the more that characters are having conversations like this or Mm -hmm. healthy discussions about relationships and their needs and their wants and desires, then we can translate that into our real discussions about wants and Mm -hmm. needs and desires. So Yeah. It's a give and take. <laughs> Absolutely. It help it, it it I think romance novels help women build confidence yeah. in saying what they want. And oh you my know, gosh, do we need to say it? This is oh, talk, 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 talk. Conversation. Yes, exactly. Everybody. Like it yeah. is yeah. Oh yeah. I mean the only unrealistic thing that romance novels have ever given me is this belief that there are all of these cute little towns where every <laughs> single male is ripped and over six feet tall and sexy and oh yeah can we talk about how how many big families there are where every single child is (laughs) amazing and a superstar and and rich they're rich rich. they're they're hot they've got ripped (laughs) bodies they yes they're they're perfect gentlemen i mean come on like we you know hmm. the classic example of that for me is well there's i have two i have two perfect examples of that and don't get me wrong I love both of these authors and I love their books, but Bella Andre and the Sullivans. Okay. Every single family member (laughs) is freaking perfect. (laughs) And Melissa Foster. And oh my God, I am like a diehard Melissa Foster fan, but seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something that's come up more recently. I feel like in discussions on social media is the, wanting to see as much diversity in the hero representation Mm -hmm. as we are seeing in heroine representation. So Mm -hmm. I'll be curious to see how that translates in like the next like year or so. Yeah. I think, I I think that will be really interesting to see what comes of it. You know, there's, there's a wonderful push towards curvy girl heroines Mm -hmm. and, you know, celebrating every single body size, shape, everything. Um, but it, I think it goes beyond just that as well. Like I'm loving seeing diversity in ethnicities. Yes. Um, and for me personally, the area that I'm trying to work on is diversity in abilities. Um, and you'll see that in yes. the second book. 
Oh, great. I have, yeah, I have a friend who um, is a paraplegic and uses a wheelchair. And she raised a really interesting conversation on Facebook one day where she said, you know, there's not a lot of books no. where it's just normal that yes. somebody uses a wheelchair. It's always made into a big deal. That's their storyline. This it's is their storyline. Yep. It's all yeah, about and the so, fact that you know, I use a wheelchair. Like, yeah. And so she said, I would love to just see it normalized, you know, like I pushed granny's wheelchair across the street to help her blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so I worked with her on the second book and there's a side character that has a fairly prominent role who uses a wheelchair. And every time I would write a scene with that character, I would message my friend and just say, Hey, is this mm-hmm. normalizing? Is this the way it would just be? Because I didn't want it to be a big deal, but I wanted it to be clear. Like, Hey, people with different abilities are part of society as well and therefore should be represented in books. Oh, I totally I totally agree. And that's what sensitivity readers are all mm-hmm. about. Exactly. And I mean it that's a great example too, you know, for any for any authors or aspiring authors that might be listening just to take note of the fact that I think I think because there's been a greater call to action in the last couple years for representation especially mm-hmm for sexuality, um, body types and ethnicity that Mm -hmm. people sometimes get a little scared that I don't Mm -hmm. want to misrepresent somebody. I, or I'm, I'm a cisgendered white woman. Is it okay Mm -hmm. for me to write from the perspective of a black disabled body, you know? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and so I think there, there are ways to go about it in a safe and sensitive way. And part of that includes extensive research. And the other Mm -hmm. part of that includes sensitivity readers. Absolutely. Yep. And I think, I mean, for me personally, it's also step outside your comfort zone, but only step so far. And for me personally, I would never, I wouldn't say never, sorry. Right now, I would not feel comfortable taking on writing a character who is a different ethnicity from myself or who is a different sexual orientation from myself. I don't feel that I could do it justice. I don't feel that I have the people in my life who could help me make sure that I did it justice. Mm-hmm. That's um, fair. Which is why I'm tackling the the disability side of things, because I do have people in my life with different abilities that I would feel comfortable reaching out to and saying, hey, can you read this and make sure that I am you know, doing your life justice. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, so. I, th- I think that's great. Well, and I'm with you. I don't think I would ever necessarily write from the perspective, like the direct first person narrative mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. someone yes, so, exactly. so different from me, but that's no excuse not to include different yes. perspectives within yep. the book because otherwise Absolutely. we are just reading you know, You're white America. <laughs> totally. And I, and I certainly have done that with, with sort of secondary characters um, sure. in the, in the third book in my Lucky Strike series, um, the heroine's brother is um, a gay man who is in a marriage with another man. And so I did, I said that really awkwardly. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it came off really awkward. So, you know, I certainly, I agree with writing them as secondary characters. Again, trying to stay true and checking things over with people that can speak to, you know, whatever you're, yeah. you're writing. But in terms of the the main characters, tread carefully and have mm-hmm. those sensitivity readers who you know will be brutally honest with you if you're going off course. As they should be. Mm-hmm. Now that you've sort of alluded to some of the things that are coming up in mm-hmm. the series, I'd love to know just sort of what what are you envisioning for 
what's ahead in the world of Dogwood Cove. Like sure. we, you've just released the first book. Do mm-hmm. we have dates for this for the next few books? Do we have we ideas do. of who comes next? We do. We do. <laughs> so there's there is a lot coming. Um, so depending on when people are listening to this, there might actually be a free novella um, as part of an anthology that I'm in oh. um, through the Hot as Fuck Romance Club. Love it. So yeah, so there's a free little side story um, that involves the Summer Solstice Festival that is at the end of Always and Forever. Mm. And so that is going to be a freebie download on BookFunnel um, for July and August. And I will try to make sure that Kelly has the link for that. Yeah, because what's <laughs> a small town romance without a festival? I mean, Absolutely. come on. <laughs> you have to have the festivals. So, so that's what's next. And then in September is when book two is coming out. And um, that is Mila's story. So Ethan's, Ethan's sister gets her little love story. And oh my God, I love that one so much. Oh. Uh, that one was the most fun to write. So it is a fake relationship. Oh, um, yeah, between that's... Mila and the town veterinarian. Oh. So we've got all the all the fun with those two. You're they giving me like some Shit's Creek vibes and <laughs> fake dating. Like I, I am here for all of it. It was that one was a lot of fun because Mila is just this sassy little Spitfire, and I just yes. love her. Uh, so that is coming September. And then, um, in December, there will be a little Christmas novella with everybody's favorite elementary school principal. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So Reed gets his little love story in Christmas and then the third, fourth and fifth full length, which will be, um, the two other girlfriends, Paige and Serena, will get their stories. And yes, our winery will get his story. Yes. And those are all going to be in 2022. Okay. So probably January and then April and then summer is kind of the tentative timeline. Mm, I love a woman yeah. who plans ahead. I am obsessive like that. I've got <laughs> other stuff kind of in between sprinkled in. So, but that's, that's the Dogwood Coast schedule. Yay. Well, and I love that you're releasing this first book in the, you know, hot summery months, Mm -hmm. because I think they're, you know, obviously this month on the podcast, we're doing spies in disguise as the theme, which this book is not, but (laughs) but it is still July too. And so I think this is a perfect book for us to talk about just sort of in the middle of summer because there's so many great summery vibes within this book. So Mm -hmm. if people are just looking for the book to take to the beach with them or the cabin, the lakefront cabin (laughs) with the children. (laughs) This um, is your quick and easy summertime read. Exactly. So, you know, in between all the spies and like mischief, you can (laughs) pack in a nice summer book. Light it up a bit. Yeah. On the coast of Canada. Why not? Exactly. (laughs) Come check us out. We're kind of fun. Yeah. And And then um, I know you mentioned you've got some other things going on in between Mm -hmm. as well, but is there a story that you are dying to write? A tale that you have not told yet that haunts the depths of your brain? Oh my gosh. I have a couple. So I keep a notebook with all of my ideas. Of course you do. (laughs) Of course I do. (laughs) Um, There, there is, there's a couple stories that I really want to write. I'm not sure if they'll fit in Dogwood Cove or not. Mm. Um, So they may be part of 
a future series. Um, but in terms of within Dogwood Cove, I cannot wait to get my hands on Finn and the winery. So oh, good. Yes. So that is actually the next, I think I haven't, mm, mm, I can't really decide who's going to get book three, but I think <laughs> Finn's going to get book three just because I really want to write him because I, I know in my head what his story is going to be and it's going to be friggin' hilarious. So. I love it. Well, I love yes. it already, and I've only just gotten a taste of him in you oh, know, yes. always and forever. So he is he is the city boy out of water, <laughs> coming <laughs> to the small town, going, "What the hell am I in for?" That's so. the best. That I mean, that's actually one of my. I I love the trope of just like the fish out of water, specifically mm-hmm. going from like the big city to the small town. Is do you have any favorite tropes that you both like love to read and write? Do you know I don't pick favorites. I okay. will I will read and write anything except for the super dark bully mm-hmm. romance. Okay. Otherwise, okay. I will read and write everything. Um, I do. I love, 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 love <laughs> single dads. Oh, so, okay. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So all of my series have a single dad in them somewhere along the That's line. So all of them have single funny. dads. I, and mm-hmm. you know what? I love that too, but I don't know if I've ever actually heard somebody say that like that's like their – absolute favorite go-to. So I that love is that. One of them. Yeah, that is definitely one of my favorites. I mean, as I said earlier, like I also really enjoy the rom-coms. So the off the wall, crazy, goofy, you know, I'm thinking Pippa Grant, Max Monroe, that kind of yes. like silly. I love that too. Um, but yeah, give me a good single dad and it doesn't matter. It can be dad by, by biology or dad by choice. I don't care. Mm. I love it. What is it? What is it that draws you so much to them? I'm curious. I just think there is something so damn sexy about a man (laughs) with kids. Like there is some of the sexiest moments with my husband would be like watching him cuddling our boys when they were babies and snuggling them, and I just you're like, (laughs) oh baby, oh my god, (laughs) yeah, I love it. I just yes, there's nothing hotter than a really sexy guy with a baby. Yeah, oh, I mean, have you talk about Instagram accounts to follow? Like uh-huh. there's there's one where it's I think it's called Dads at Disney and it's Ooh. just men carrying their babies and like pushing them in strollers at oh. Disneyland. Oh. Oh. Yes, please. <laughs> oh gosh, now that we've made all of the like Instagram and book recs for everybody this episode. Well. My, I have to say my favorite Instagram, hot dudes reading. Yep. Follow them too. It's a thing. It's a thing. And let me tell you, they have a book and it was on book outlet for like four bucks and I bought five copies of it. Oh, but I think they do a calendar too. They sure do. Yeah. You're like, I know I've got it up in every room. Let me tell you. (laughs) I, I, I did a giveaway of the book in my reader group and one of my readers won it and she messaged me afterwards. She was like, Julia, this is the best thing ever. Thank you for bringing this into oh my, my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is a thing. We love our hot dudes reading. Oh yeah. I mean, what's not to love? Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. the only thing that would make it hotter is showing us specifically what they're reading. Because yes. let me tell you, mm-hmm. a hot dude reading a romance novel, that is going to be oh, a lot yes, hotter. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We should just make my our husband own. has only read my first one, mm-hmm. um, just because he's he's a really slow reader, and so sitting down to read fiction takes him a while. But right. he read my first one, and yeah, he he got some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> 
There you go. There you go. And again, one more great example of the romance things. Romance novels save marriages. Yep. Things you can take from romance novels and apply uh-huh. to your own lives. Absolutely. <laughs> Inspiration, people. Julia, where can everybody find and follow you and read your fabulous books? Oh, well, my books as of now are available on all platforms. So they are Amazon, they are Kobo, they are Barnes and Nobles, Google, iBooks, the whole shebang everywhere you can find them. And in terms of where you can find me, I would say I am the most active on Instagram and occasionally Facebook. Um, when I'm on Facebook, I'm mostly in either my reader group or mm, yep. the steam room, which is a group that I run with some of my besties and we have lots of goofy, crazy times, but yeah, Instagram and, and, and Facebook, but mostly Instagram. Yeah. I will say I'm a member of the steam room as well. And I very much enjoy that particular fa- I mean, Facebook groups in general are yeah. like the only reason I still hang out on Facebook and Mm -hmm. the steam room is a great one. If you are a romance reader that wants to, you know, hang out with more romance readers and play games and make recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super fun. So I highly recommend. I'm glad to hear that. Joining the club. Yes. Well done you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. We have a good time. This has been such a treat. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm super excited for more books in this series because I oh, love the you. small town. I love Canada in general. Um, I'm so glad that <laughs> Zoe, you know, Zoe York put you on the right path to write sure more did. Canadian romance. But mm-hmm. if you find that you want to do some more Portland research, you let me know. I, yeah, I think I, I may <laughs> have to, you know, do a little trip down there to see how badly I screwed it up. There we, I mean, there you go. There's, there's the theme of the trip right there. Yeah. How much did Julia get wrong? We'll do a picture tour and post, post all the results. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Boobies and Newbies is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow Boobies and Newbies on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Boobies Podcast.